Welcome. You're listening to Uncommon Sense, and I'm Doug Morgan. And here at Uncommon Sense, we definitely try to dig into the truth and try to to really hunt after the truth, I guess is a good way to put it. Um, truth meaning, you know, what is real and what is not real. And, and, and a question we really um, want to dig into today is, uh, is socialism biblical? And um, and we're going to really uh, dig into this over the next couple of podcasts. But um, but first of all, we want to see, is this something that is biblical? Is socialism biblical? You know, I, I have been uh, seeing a lot of different Christians uh, that have uh, some real interest in socialism. Uh, there's an increasing number of people that are questioning the type of economic system that we have here in this country. Um, and, and capitalism to them seems kind of bad and, and greedy, maybe even. And so, um, is that something that we can support as a, as a Christian? Um, obviously greed being, uh, not something that we want to chase after. Um, socialism to them is, is good and maybe even, you could almost even say godly. Uh, and and there's even a term thrown out there. Uh, it's called democratic socialism uh, because uh, the track record for socialism is not real good when it comes to actual historical track record. Uh, and so uh, so what what the the term has been recently is a democratic socialism, uh, trying to um, look at, at socialism from a little different perspective and see if maybe there's a, a more kinder, gentler socialism or something. <laughs> and so we're going we're gonna to look into that. Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, they, a Barna poll was, was done not that long ago. And in that poll, it found that more Americans think Jesus would prefer socialism, 24% actually, than those who believe that he would prefer capitalism. 14%. That's that's quite a disparity there and and it's it, it is interesting to see how even um you know how, how Americans would think Jesus would think. <laughs> uh, according to a, a recent reason uh poll and survey, 53% of Americans under 30 view socialism favorably. Uh, yet that contrasted uh, to less than a third of Americans uh, uh, over 30 that thought the same thing. A Gallup poll found that 69% of those under 30 said that they would be willing to vote for a socialist presidential candidate. And, um, you know, we know that Bernie Sanders is one of those that uh, is an espoused socialist uh, and that, you know, he has, has received quite a bit of traction over the last couple of presidential elections. And so, um, so, you know, this is definitely something that I think we need to take a look at and see, is socialism something that is, number one, biblical, and number two, something that, that we should uh, be, be going toward? So uh, let's, let's take a look and, and make sure that we're all on the same page and, and make sure that we're talking about the same thing. Uh, socialism, if you want to look it up in the dictionary, uh, is defined this way. Socialism is a noun, and it, it's a theory or system of social organization that advocates the ownership and control of the means of production and distribution, capital, land, etc., by the community as a whole, usually through a centralized government. And the definition of capitalism, again, a noun, 
an economic system in which investment in and ownership of the means of production, distribution, and exchange of wealth is made and mainly chiefly by private individuals or corporations, especially as contrasted to the cooperatively or state-owned means of wealth. So, what does all those words mean? <laughs> uh, in short, capitalism, capitalism runs on private ownership of property, and socialism runs on government or communal ownership of property. So, we know that in this country, we have a capitalistic type of economic system. Capitalism meaning that when when we look at private ownership of either, when I say property, it, it doesn't just mean real estate, but that's a, a, that's a big part of it. But just simple, simply ownership of even private companies, uh, what, what we own, uh, just right down to the things in our house even almost. Um, what, what type of things that are around us, those things, are they owned by us as individuals? Are they acquired by us as individuals? If I want to, let's say, go out and, and buy a car, um, I could go out and buy a car today. I could go down to the car dealership. I could say, you know what? It's time for a brand new car. And I'm going to go buy one. I, I might need some help from the bank, um, but you know, banks are willing to lend me that money. Um, and I would then um, go, go purchase that car. If I want to go down and, and buy a basketball, I can go down right now and buy a basketball uh, from the store and pay them the money and own that basketball. That basketball is now mine. And if somebody wants to come to my house or whatever and steal that basketball, they could be in trouble because that's my private pro property. Um, the maker of that basketball is... Um, has, has, has made that, that ball, they have uh, produced it, they have put it up for sale, and I, uh, I have the money that they are requesting for that ball, and I think that it's a good deal. I think that maybe uh, I'm going to exchange the money that they are requesting uh, for the basketball, and when I give them that money, and they give me that basketball, then that's a fair exchange. That's capitalism. Now, socialism is based off of a, a different concept. And, and the concept is that there is really no private ownership of anything, that it's more communal, that everybody owns everything uh, together, and that everybody needs to be equal, and that uh, the government is the one that is kind of the referee of this whole thing. And that the government can tell you, hey, now it's time uh, that you can now go, you know, buy a car um, or, you know, own a car. I guess not really own a car. I guess that's not really a, a, a good definition because you don't really own it yourself. Um, you, you need to uh, go get a car now um, because this is what we tell you to do. Or, no, you can't get a car now. You need to stick with what you have. Um, and, and, and it's all centrally um, controlled by the, by the government. That's, that's social. Socialism um, is, in, is government control. Capitalism is private control. And that's probably the best definition that you can uh, think about in, in, in simple terms, is that uh, private control is capitalism and government control is socialism. Uh, what does the Bible say about economic systems? 
and we can take a look uh, at Old Testament and New Testament examples. And uh, in in Scripture, uh, we see under the uh, Old Testament there are uh, two of the t- Ten Commandments uh, that kind of refer to this. Um, and one is, "Thou shalt not steal," <laughs> and one says that that you shall not covet. Now, when we read that, that implies then that there is some sort of private ownership, right? I mean, how can I steal from someone that doesn't own something? And so if I'm not to steal, then then I'm not to take their private property. If I'm not to covet, that means I'm not to then covet what they own. And so again, kind of implying, again, that there is private property ownership. Uh, Exodus 20, 15 and 17. Uh, Stealing involves taking something that is someone else's. Coveting involves the desiring of someone else, uh, else's stuff. Um, There's an extensive um, uh, provisions uh, to, to repay the owners of property and livestock if one's action causes harm to them in Exodus 22. So again, here's another implication that there is such thing as private ownership and that it's not a bad thing. That in fact, it's not only uh, not a bad thing, but if we disrupt that, then we're doing something wrong. Um, if, if somebody is, has, has caused destruction to someone's property, someone's livestock, uh, whatever the case may be, then we have a, um, then we are to then make that right. And according to Exodus in Deuteronomy 19, 14 and four other places in the old Testament, God warns his people, you shall not move your neighbor's landmark, which the men of old have set. In the inheritance that you will hold in the land that the Lord your God is giving you to possess. So again, we see in this case private property and ownership of that. And and then when someone comes along and says, "Hey, I'm going to you know I'm going to move that marker just a little bit. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna claim a little more land from from our neighbor than we that we actually have." Um, that again indicates private ownership. Uh, so, so what about the New Testament? Are there any New Testament examples uh, of the early church uh, that we can see when it comes to economic systems and that type of thing? Well, Scripture says uh, that that all who believe were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the, the proceeds to all as they had need. Of course, that's Acts two. Uh, 44 through 45. We, we, we see this particular scripture quite a bit when it comes to uh, discussions on uh, biblical uh, economic systems. And, and there's many that take this scripture in Acts 2 and say, well, you know what, this means that we are to just distribute everything to everybody equally and, and, and we're not to, to own anything. We're supposed to sell what, what we have privately. And this is a, definitely an example of what we uh, are, are to see from a biblical economic standpoint. Um, but scripture does not say that they all had equal resources. And you can read that scripture again and see it's not saying that we all have equal resources, but, they, but that there is no unmet needs is what it's saying. Acts 5 even goes on, just, just 
right down the, a couple chapters later, it tells of Ananias and Sapphira and what happened to them when they sold their personal property and then lied about it. So obviously, again, this wasn't something that, that this, was, this isn't a scripture that's saying we shouldn't own private property or have private things. It's saying that we meet the needs as a church, and if it means that we have to sell something that, that we have that's personal, whatever, then let's do that. We meet the needs of others through personal generosity in the church, but it doesn't necessarily mean that we have to sell everything and not own anything. Now, one more Old Testament scripture, in fact, uh, Leviticus 25, it talks about uh, the every 50-year um, happening of the year of Jubilee. And I don't know uh, how much you know about the year of Jubilee, but but every f- uh, 50th year, uh, this was something that was mandated by God, um, and it was the, the release from all indebtedness uh, and all types of bondage. You know, all prisoners and captives were set free. All slaves were released. Uh, all debts were forgiven. All property was returned to its original owners. And, and those bound by labor contracts were released from them. You know, this is, this is something that um, God mandated because he knew that there, that he knew how we operated as people and that, that we would, uh, you know, get ourselves bound up in, in debt and in, and in uh, servitude. And, and, and here was a year of rest for both people, for the land. Uh, I mean, for, for the, it was, it was a reset. And, and so, what he did is he he established this year of jubilee. W- wouldn't that be cool to have today? <laughs> um, you know, we where where you know we we've kind of got ourselves bound up. There's a lot of people that are in a lot of debt these days, uh, and and wouldn't it be wouldn't it be nice to see this kind of thing uh, happen today, where we just say, you know what, we're resetting everything, and uh, and and so we know from this obviously again that there is a private property type thing. Um, and, and we, we know that when that, that socialism does not promote that, that is not a part of socialism, private property, the private ownership of, of which is not, uh, is not something that, in fact, it's not even something that's desired in, in socialism. It's something that is said to be part of the problem with our current economic system. Uh, and let me let me read you. Let me finish off uh, by by reading this. And it says this in Matthew 20. It says it's it's the uh, parable that Jesus is telling of the laborers in the vineyard. And it says in uh, in verse one of Matthew 20, for the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard, after seeing. Uh, after agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into the vineyard, and going out about the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, You go into the vineyard too, and whatever is right I will give you. So they went, going out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour, and he did the same. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing. And he said to them, Why do you stand there idle all day? And they said to him, Because no one has hired us. 
And he said to them, You go into the vineyard too. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. And when those hired about the seventh hour came, each of them received a denarius. Now when those hired first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received a denarius. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, These last workers only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day and scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take that take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give this last worker as I am given to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first, and the first last. You see, in this parable, it is interesting that Jesus says that, that in a nutshell, we are to be happy with what we have. If we have agreed with someone, a denarius for a day's work in this case, then we need to be happy with that. And if we see someone else getting the same as we do and, and not having to work as hard or, or maybe more than us, or whatever, it, why would that matter? Why would we uh, want to envy that? We were happy with the agreement that we made with the master in this case. We were happy with that contract. We said, this is what I am willing to do for you for what you are going to give me in return. And when somebody else gets a little more or someone else gets a little less, that, that is not a concern of mine because they are making their contract with the master and they are saying this is what I'm willing to work for or this is not what I'm willing to work for this is what I'm willing to pay or this is not what I'm willing to pay for whatever you have these are individual contracts that we're not to envy and it's really interesting in this to see that God is basically saying something a little bit about our economic system and we need to kind of take note of that now we're going to dig into this a little bit further uh, here in the next couple podcasts And I think you're going to really find some of this very, very interesting. And so we haven't gotten to the answer, is socialism biblical? But we're starting down that path. And if you have comments uh, on this or any other podcast, if you have any questions, uh, we would love to hear those and respond appropriately. And uh, the contact information here is by email, and that would be fourcommonsense at gmail.com. That's four, F-O-R, common sense at gmail.com. We really appreciate all of your questions and comments and, and uh, look forward to, to hearing more for you, uh, from you and, uh, and hearing more about this and digging into this even, even more than we have today in the next couple podcasts. Thanks for listening.